Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Hour number two, Dale and Holly, Sports Radio WEEI. Jerry Thornton joins us as he does each and every day from 3 to 5 p.m. Hello, Jerry. Hey, guys. Good to, good to be back. I've enjoyed the, uh, been enjoying the discussion today. It's some... good to be back. <laughs> what? Since yes, yesterday. Wednesday. Austin Bruins, Jack Edwards, brought to you by Shaw's Supermarkets and Carter's Diamonds. Jack joins us on the AT&T hotline. He will not be working tonight, however, because why wouldn't NBC Sports Network want that heated rival rivalry on Wednesday rivalry night, the Boston Bruins and the Minnesota Wild, right, Jack? <laughs> oh, I know. What a tremendous history, huh? <laughs> I get teary-eyed just thinking about it. I see those uniforms. I fell. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's it's uh, if there's one location that I would prefer not to call a game, I, I mean, there, it's so difficult to get a feeling for the game from that elevation. It's just, it's absolutely, this place in, in New Jersey are the absolute highest in the league, and uh, it's crazy that they put us so far away from the ice, but that's what it is. That was the choice of the architects and the designers of the building. So, Jack, I want to talk to you about rumors and gossip. I want to know. Oh, uh, I love it. Oh, don't you love it? Me too. Uh, what do you know about Taylor Hall? Do you think there's any chance the Bruins can uh, can get him? And how do you see his game now compared to what was expected of him as a rookie? Uh, well, Taylor Hall's track record is he plays with so much heart and uh, so much fearlessness that uh, he gets himself hurt. And, uh, frankly, I could live with that. <laughs> I think a lot of Bruins fans could. Uh, it's not the Volchenkov kind of getting hurt that we almost joked about last night, and then he got hurt during the game. Um, where he throws himself into positions that uh, are really hazardous, uh, you know, looking for contact and, and blocking shots uh, with sometimes poor technique. Um, Hall is a guy who does that thing that, that Milan Lucic does on occasion, which is uh, he'll get the puck and you're going to have to drag him down to keep him from taking the puck right to the post. And um, a lot of times that means that he's going to be going one against two or one against three, attempting to dish the puck off while he's getting slammed. But um, that's exactly the kind of player that would that would really help the Bruins. But you're talking about a franchise player. I mean, you know, you're not going to get a franchise player out of Edmonton without giving up a significant amount of equity and future and present. And, and that's just... That's just the reality of it. I, that may be aiming a little bit too high. I, you know, it would be delightful to see it happen if the Bruins could not create a, a larger hole by filling the Aginla hole. But uh, it's, uh, they, they would have to give up an enormous amount. Okay. Uh, one of the rumors yesterday was, I think it was Chris Kelly, Malcolm Subban, uh, a first-round pick. And Dougie Hamilton. And Dougie Hamilton for Taylor Hall. Too much? Or is that what is that what you're talking about? Not enough. What do you think? Well, let's play it out. You know, is Zidane Chara getting better, or is he leveling off, or, or even uh, beginning to decline as he's 37 years old? I'd say decline. Yeah, and so 
where is the uh, successor going to come from if you shed Hamilton, who uh, right now is at a, a very reasonable $894,000 on the cap and probably going to go to about three and a half, four million next year. Jack, there's two schools of thought. The obvious one that says the Bruins need goal scoring badly. There's another one out there that people are starting to say, you know what, to hell with it. Why don't they just double down on their own style, get bigger, get more physical, and try to beat teams that way? Does that make any sense to you? Well, it does if the big physical guys can finish. The problem is that they thought they were getting a lot more finish from Louis Erickson than they're getting, and um, they're not. And and uh, Riley Smith was uh, an add-on, but Riley Smith has, has uh, probably put more adrenaline in, in people's veins who watch the Bruins than Louis Erickson has over the last season and a half. And that's um, that's just a product of, of who Louis Erickson is and how he plays in this system. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I think he's a pretty good player. But uh, clearly his greatest strengths are not coming out uh, the way he's playing with the Bruins. Um, you know, that said, his trade value has not increased while he's with the Bruins. So, I, you know, I don't know if you can get somebody to take his – 4.2 or whatever he's making, yeah, 4.25 I think on the cap. So um, you know, it's a, it's I, doubling down is not, and and doubling down in the Bruins style is not the trend of the NHL right now. Uh, although uh, it's tempting because if you look at a team like LA that's probably going to qualify for the playoffs as a third place team in the Pacific or as a wild card, they have a chance to run the table again because that team is totally built to succeed in the playoffs. But what people overlook about that team is that you have a tremendous skill guy in Trevor Lewis who's usually playing on the fourth line. But when somebody gets hurt, you can see that guy playing top six wing and, and being a tremendously effective player. Um, the Bruins don't have those kinds of fourth line players who are interchangeable up and down the lineup. Um, so if you can find a guy who can batter the body and also has the quality finish, that's going to fit right in if you're talking about doubling down. But right now the league is going to uh, quicker, uh, more uh, more deadly types of uh, sniper-type uh, offenses where you know you're going to get few chances, but you've got to cash in on a high percentage of them. And the Bruins just don't have a whole bunch of high-percentage shooters. Jack, the Bruins have scored two or fewer goals in 12 of their last 15 games. Right now, the only significant guy missing, and I mean no disrespect to Adam McQuaid when I say this, the only significant guy missing right now is David Krejci. It is possible he will play tonight. Does he make that big a difference in the offensive fortunes of this team? It's so synergistic, isn't it? Because when you have Lucic, Krejci, and an X factor on Krejci's right, and that was Nathan Horton, that was Jerome McGinley, uh, Krejci has more time and space, and now Lucic becomes a monster because there's just too much real estate to cover because Krejci's manipulation of time and space is among the very best in the game right now and, and really in the game over the last 10 years. Um, but if you take away an X factor on Krejci's right, uh, teams can cheat a little bit about uh, against Lucic and they can begin to limit his ability to get up to speed. And when you take that away from Lucic, Krejci becomes less effective. And then the X factor on his right almost becomes non-existent unless that, that guy is having a great game. And 
it's unrealistic to expect um, developing young players who did not come in with a star pedigree uh, to excel in that kind of role. And, you know, top six forward in the NHL is a really difficult position to play, and and uh, you have to produce. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, Krejci definitely adds value to this team in a significant way. It makes everybody around him more effective and makes him a better player. But um, without all three of those factors on that line, Lucic, Krejci, and X, um, it's not going to be the Krejci who led the playoffs in scoring two of three years. Jack, it's December. There's plenty of hockey left to play, but would you be stunned? I mean, absolutely floored if the Bruins didn't make the playoffs. No, no, not at all, because if you look at the slippery slope they're on right now, I mean, the standings are actually a little bit scary because the division is gone unless something really remarkable happens. The Bruins are 10 out of the division lead. They are 9 out of third place because Montreal and Detroit both have 42 points. And, oh, by the way, they're eight points out of fourth place in the division. So, so right now, I mean, unless Toronto begins to fade or unless the Bruins suddenly turn it around or both, which is certainly capable of happening, but we all know with the NHL schedule being the way it is, to make up eight points is a really, really difficult task. That is a steep and long hill to climb. So the Bruins are trying to qualify as the second wild card, the eighth seed, in the Eastern Conference, and right now you've got Florida that has one more point and two games in hand on the Bruins, and Washington that has one more point and one game in hand on the Bruins. And, oh, by the way, Ottawa is only three points behind the Bruins and has a game in hand on Boston. So it's, uh, it would not be shocking to see the Bruins miss the playoffs. It's been a perfect storm. It has been an absolutely perfect storm. The, uh, you know, the, the advancing age of Zidane Ochara, where he was not off to a great start in the first nine games. Then he got hurt before he ever got to his A-game level. The subsequent injuries that have happened in serial fashion, almost comically since the Boychuk trade, in which they got nothing back immediately. And the incredibly tight schedule in the early part of the season, which deprived Claude Julien of the opportunity to uh, get practice time and get the spare parts up to speed in the Bruins system. So the Bruins were very, very vulnerable for a, a number of circumstances. It's not an excuse. It's just the reason. That's why it's happened. That kind of goes into my question, Jack, which is, is this team just been together too long? Is it possible that it's, it can't be tinkered with, that they need to just blow it up and start over? Um, well, there's got to be significant change because, if the Canadian dollar continues to trade rather low against uh, the U.S. dollar, you have seven high-income earners north of the border out of 30 teams. You've got some significant money losers in the southern tier of the United States. There are some teams that are making good money, and you know we were in Nashville last night, and they've turned that into a tremendous hockey town, uh, which seemed a long shot just a few years ago. But there are some big-time money losers that drain the profits down. So where does the cap go? You know, maybe it only moves by a couple million dollars for the Bruins. That is a disaster because Dougie Hamilton is going to get a huge bump. Uh, Carl Soderberg, despite really having a flat performance in the last 14 games or so, uh, is probably going to get about a two million dollar bump. Um, they've they've got players who are who are coming up. Riley Smith is making 1.4 million dollars this year. He's going to get 
at least a half million, probably a million dollar bump, maybe even more than that. Um, that that's uh, that's going to be costly, and so you have to look at a way to rearrange it without depriving your team a chance to to make a run at it. And you know we're still in the Zdeno Charo window here. That's that's the whole uh, timing pattern of it. Chara and and uh, Seidenberg both have contracts that run through 2018, and uh, they both have no movement clauses. So. You know that's your core, and that's what you're building around, and that's that's what is going to be uh, determining um, how you set up your team, the architecture of your team, and how you're going to go forward. So if you're going to move parts, you got to move significant parts without blowing this team up so it finishes tenth three years in a row. You know, right now the, the Bruins sitting tenth in the East. That's a, a nightmare spot at which to finish because you have almost no chance of moving up in the lottery. And you're not going to make the playoffs. So by not um, by not moving up in the lottery, you don't get one of those help you right away studs. And by not making the playoffs, a your team doesn't have a chance to fire up its fans and go for it that year and let a miracle happen, maybe. And b the young players don't get that much better because young players need to play in the playoffs before you're going to win it. And the Bruins are constructed as as currently uh, we see them as a team that has a lot of young players and needs them to produce at big moments. So you've got to figure it's going to take at least one playoff run for those kids to, uh, to suffer their, their battle scars and then learn from them and be better the next time around when you're ready to take a run at it. Final question before we let you go. David Krejci has been suffering from the dreaded lower body injury, whatever the hell that is. Uh, yeah. Claude has said it is possible he will play tonight. He skated yesterday, didn't play, skated this morning. Possible. Are they absolutely 110% sure that he's okay this time? None of this play a game, miss five, play two games, miss nine, that sort of thing? Um, in, in, this is one of the uh, strange uh, dynamics between uh, a player, uh, the coach, the general manager, and the training staff. Um, and this is just observing the team. Uh, and I don't have any facts on which to base this. So just take it as a theory or a rumor or what have you, hearsay, speculation. Um, it sure looks as if David Krejci wanted to go so much because he really, despite his low-key outward appearance, he is a real tiger. He is a, an intense competitor. Um, the guess is that he talked his way back into the lineup before he was ready to go, and that's why he's been shut down for so long. So I don't know about 110%, but I'm pretty sure that before Krejci actually gets penciled into a lineup card, he's going to be 99% in terms of the GM, the coach, the training staff, and the player all being on the same page. I, I, I think he, the guess is that he may have lost a little bit of credibility with his injury with the team because he wanted to play so badly, which is what you, you, know, you want from a player, but uh, apparently was able was able to uh, disguise whatever was wrong into convincing them that it was right, and then he blew himself up. And you know, ultimately, that's a bad thing. But um, you probably respect and understand the player for for trying to do what he thought was best, because athletes trust their fabulous bodies because they've never let them down before, right? Jack, enjoy the game in Minnesota tonight. Not as much as if we were working. Uh, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. Yeah, uh, and we're bringing our Woolies to Winnipeg because I think the high temperature in the three days we're going to be there is going to be about 19. 
Stand at the corner of Portage in Maine, and I'm sure a gentle summer breeze will waft over you. Yeah, Mr. Popsicle, that's me. I'll see you later. All right, Jack. Okay, Dale. Jack Edwards brought to you by Shaw Supermarkets and Carter's Diamonds. Hell, he's more negative than you are. He's yeah, making Jack, me feel how pretty about Jack scared. Edwards. How about Jack Edwards saying he wouldn't be stunned if the Bruins missed the playoffs? I was stunned by his answer. Remember the Nixon White House used to say, when you lose Walter Cronkite, you've lost the nation. When you lose Jack Edwards, it's like the Red Sox losing Mikey Adams. Right. I, I will respectfully disagree with my colleague Jack Edwards. Wow. I right. will be stunned if they don't make the playoffs. He said he would not be stunned I know, if they don't I heard, make the playoffs. I heard. Wow. Making me sad. Jack Edwards. It, it would take a serious collapse at this point, right? I mean, they if they maintain the way they do and continue to get these one-point losses, I mean, they're in, right? No. <laughs> right now, today, they're not in. Uh, and that's his point. Yeah. Uh, as we sit here today, they're not in, but... I, 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 as I said, he's he's a little more negative about their prospects than I am. And here's the other thing. No, because he he gave you the uh, bombshell, the Bruins. He wouldn't be stunned if the Bruins missed the playoffs. He kind of missed something else. Jack Edwards. You want to talk about Mikey Adams? Uh, you know, the number one cheerleader for the Red Sox and the number one critic of LeBron. It would be <laughs> as if Mikey Adams started rooting for LeBron right now <laughs> because Jack Edwards mind on, blown. Yeah, Jack Edwards on Zdeno Chara has been like Mikey on the Red Sox. Jack Edwards loves Zdeno Chara and talks about, you know, how great he is and it's the toughest position to play uh, in all of sports, one of the toughest positions to master in all of sports. You you have to be forceful, yet sometimes you're skating backwards and you gotta, you know, you gotta be able to do all these things. He said Zdeno Chara is in decline. He said it twice. Yep. Well, he, I mean, he's 37. It's sort of... Oh, so, oh, I mean, wait, in, wait. in the same way... You know, Tom Brady's not the same guy he was when he was 27. That's He's not really, he, really good. That's not but, what he thinks, though. So. See, that that's a controversial comment. Like, if you made that comment to Tom Brady, I think he would disagree with you. If you said, Tom, you're not the quarterback you were when you were 27 years old, he would say, no, I disagree with you. I'm better. Well, he'd say, I'm better. And and I, I don't know if Chara would say that. He's he's a little more reserved than Tom is, but... Uh, it it is it is not a leap of logic to state that a thirty seven year old athlete is in decline. Right, as, but, but I guess as opposed as, to Brady, with the well, exception kind of, of Brady, who's got uh, who's going to play at least forty eight because what, what he eats of, avocado ice cream. That's right. What kind of decline are we talking about, though? If it's just a if you think Zdeno Chara was uh, at the top of the league and by a, a significant margin, he declines by two percent. It's not really even a headline. It's not a story. Yeah, he was a Norris yeah. Trophy finalist last year. All right, but uh, if you so. think, but if you think he has declined, you know, fifteen percent since last year, yeah, that's shocking. Well, keep in mind he's also coming off a you know serious trip to the injury list. So I mean, you know, can we evaluate him on the last three months when he he hasn't been on the ice? I mean, I, what what do you think, Dale? Is, what is his decline on the stimp meter? Uh, I, I don't think he's declined precipitously. Yeah. He's he's not the same player he was when he was younger. Uh, How about last year? Well, he it's hard for me to say because yeah. he missed 48 days. Uh, he's played three games since he came back from a knee injury. He didn't look good at all the first two games back. And unfortunately, my friend Gord Kluzak is my preeminent authority on knee injuries. And he said the single biggest problem you have coming back is you can't get used to playing with a brace. That's the mm-hmm. first thing. There's a psychological hurdle you have to get over when you're playing with a knee brace on. And Z looked like a guy who was having issues the first couple of games. Last night, 
he wasn't back to being Zdeno Char of old, but last night was a, a step forward for him based on what I've seen prior. Well, what do we always say about um, about Char is that he makes the people around him better. Is he healthy enough now that we're starting to see that? Yes. Okay. I mean, they're better. They can't score a lick right now, but I don't expect Zdeno Char to fix well, that. I mean, they had back-to-back games where they scored nine goals, and since then they're they're back to their one goal, two goal ways. Is that is that in spite of him being back? Is what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think he's back yet. I mean, yeah. he's, he's on the ice, but I don't think he's back yet. Oh, we've got some other things we're going to add into the mix, including that guy Tom Brady, despite his decline, is being screwed by you people again. I can't believe it. We'll tell you why when we come back in just a couple of minutes. Top of the hour, our Bruins Trade Edition 4 at 4. Dale and Holly, Sports Radio, WEEI.